I don't know if you figured that out yet, but that's Trevor. It's awesome. Trevor Graham, our fisherman elite here at uh, Bemis Point UMC. Let's just pray for a moment. God, thank you so much for your word that transforms this world. We pray for um, Paul and Jan Stobie this morning. We ask that you will touch them with your Holy Spirit, provide for all their needs, bless their children, bless their family. God, we pray for all the missionaries we support here. We ask that you will do powerful things by indwelling them, filling them, and empowering them to spread love in this world. We also pray that you will make us missionaries. Wake us up, God, to know that we interact with folks every day who don't have your hope, your love, your grace pouring into their lives, reminding them or letting them know that they are forgiven and guilt-free, making them... uh, Uh, able to overcome and just live the abundant life that you offer. Oh God, we have scripture before us now. We pray that you will speak to us through it. And we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you today, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, friends, I encourage you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're just going to read just a few verses here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5, 6, and 7. Right in the middle of a great section that Paul is uh, telling the Corinthians about uh, weakness and yet uh, the power of the resurrection life. Paul writes... For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Friends, this is God's word for us today. Thanks be to God. Thank you, God. Speak now, we pray. Well, we're we're looking at uh, our our series, Gone Fishing, and we've uh, explored a couple of uh, things. We started out with uh, a couple weeks ago, Why Bother?, Like, why should we even do this? And we certainly explored uh, Mark chapter 1 where Paul or where uh, Jesus comes to the disciples and he calls them into the life of being fishermen, fishers for people now instead of just for fish. And we talked about how there are genuine eternal consequences in people's lives who don't know Christ and and, and the challenge of that. And um, we talked about how that's important, that we bring Christ and that out of Matthew 28, it's the command of Jesus, not just a suggestion, but that we should go. Why, why should we bother? Because Jesus commands us as Christians to share the good news that we have. And the practical tool that we gave to you was that prayer card. I hope you still have it. I hope you're still praying. Uh, if you don't have it, it, it was very simple. It just had the name, three lines for people that you would be praying that God would open up a divine appointment for you to have a conversation with them or to begin opening up conversations with them 
so that they could find out about who Jesus really is. Last week, we, uh, we said, gone fishing, you want to come? And we, uh, we looked at 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. We felt the challenge of, mm, I feel a little timid sometimes about sharing my faith. There might be consequences to that. And 2 Timothy 2, 1, 7, uh, or 1, 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And we heard the testimonies, the multiple testimonies of our youth who went on the uh, NISM trip to New York City. That's the New York School of Urban Mission Ministries that's in uh, New York City. And all these youth and a few adults who just testified, testified to the power of God, uh, the power of prayer uh, going before, and the power of doing this in community. And we uh, encouraged you and said, here's the practical tool. Just reach out and serve somebody this week, like our youth were serving in New York City, serve somebody because, friends, people don't know, don't care what we know until they know that we care. And if we care for them and love them, then they are often much more receptive of the idea that we have something to share with them. Well, today we're going to ask whose boat? Whose boat are we taking on this? Um, I want to note, by the way, that prayer beforehand opens up just amazing avenues of connection. Sometimes we're worried, I'll offend somebody if I do this. Or, you know, people will kind of shy away from me. They'll mock me. I want to show you a video from a guy you've already seen up here this morning, Tom Holland. A video, a short testimony about how prayer prepared somebody to hear the gospel. Here this is. My name is uh, Tom Holland. I'm the Director of Faith Activation here at BPUMC. Uh, Pastor Bill asked me to share a testimony of sharing my faith with others. Uh, one of the stories that I have, or one of my favorite ones, that talks both about the aspect of prayer of sharing our faith and the, uh, just how God uses that is when I was in my 20s, I was working at a, a grocery store and the pastor the week before had spoke about sharing our faith and I really felt called to to do that. So at work, I'm on my break and I'm praying, asking God, who should I share my faith with? And God gave me a name. I literally, this isn't figuratively, I, I literally laughed when he gave me a name. I said, no, really, God, who do you want me to share my faith with? <laughs> Next time I was on break, I, I prayed again, God, who would you have me uh, share my faith with? And again, God gave me the same name. And I argued with God. I said, God, yeah, that's just not going to happen. I am not talking to this person about my faith. Um, so the third time, I said, all right, God, I will do this, but I'm telling you, this is not going to go well. Uh, I, I know <laughs> this guy. I went to school with him. I know he is very much against all things Christian. So when this goes south, this is all on you, God. And we had that whole conversation. <laughs> but I did it. I followed through. Um, later that day, we were on break together. Again, I actually started talking about my faith and invited him to come to church with me that next Sunday. And he, he had a weird look, and I had thought, okay, here it comes. And he stopped and said, okay. Uh, that week, that Sunday, he uh, showed up in my church. And it turned out that that week was the same week that men had just gotten back from Promise Keepers. And they had been sharing their testimony. And during that time, they had a, 
an altar call to come to the front. And my friend, the one who I was sure was not going to be for this at all, went up front that day and gave his life to Christ. Just an exciting moment of God knows what he's doing uh, better than I know what I'm doing. Next day, we were at work together, and I was talking to him about the commitment that he made and what had happened that Sunday. And he told me that had I asked him any other time to uh, to go to church, he would have harassed me unmercilessly. Uh, but at that moment, because of some stuff he was going through, uh, that happened to be just the right time. And God has such perfect timing. And it was just such a cool thing to see uh, God working in that way. It's awesome. It's uh, so cool to know that God goes ahead of us. Somebody needs to uh, tell Tom that the sheet's got a little bit of uh, paint on it there behind him. Uh, no, I know that's artistic. I get that. I get that. So when we go, uh, when we go fishing, this question arises, well, whose boat are we going to take? You know, who's, um, who's in charge of that? And does it really matter? I... Uh, when I was 13 years old, I traveled out west to, um, we were out by Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I have no idea how I talked my parents into this, but they let me go rafting on the Snake River. They were not coming, and my sister was not coming, so it was all by myself, and I had the privilege of being in this raft and going down the Snake River, and it was awesome. It was amazing, and uh, we got to this place that the river guy goes, okay, well, when we get to this place, you're going to know, because the entire river funnels into this one chute that, that forces it all, and there's flat rocks on either side, and we call it lunch counter, like the river eats you kind of situation, and, uh, and when we get there, yeah, even we're in this massive raft, just grab the line in the middle of the raft, and we'll, we'll be okay, but, uh, but do it as soon as I shout lunch counter, so... Uh, we, we, we were like, okay, this will be cool. This will be great. The river hadn't been so crazy yet, so we weren't quite sure what we were in for. There was this guy ahead of us in like the flimsiest Sears special dinghy that you've ever seen. And he goes right down the middle of lunch counter. And the last thing I saw that guy was the raft went up like 15 feet in the air, and the guy went this way, and he must have come out below because there were no emergency vehicles afterwards. But that was crazy because when we got there, we were in a huge raft, and the, our guide shouts, lunch counter, and we all grabbed the line, and it was the craziest ride I've ever experienced. It matters what boat you're in, okay? It's important because some boats... You know, what you just can go out and buy for 25 bucks, that's not going to work. You want to have the big boat, not a flimsy rubber dinghy, not a raft that's just tied together from scrap wood, not any boat made by human beings. Even our greatest boats, the ones that are supposed to be unsinkable, still sink, don't they? I mean, we all know what the Titanic is. And also, did you know, uh, you probably, some of you who listened to music in the 70s know Gordon Lightfoot's uh, uh, Edmund Fitzgerald, the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And, and that boat was the largest boat on the Great Lakes, and it was called, who said this? I don't know. They were not in their right brain. They called it the Titanic of the Great Lakes. 
this boat is unsinkable. And of course, that boat sank uh, 15 miles off Whitefish Bay in Lake Superior. Unbelievable. Even our best attempts will sink. But if it's God's boat, if it's God's boat we're in, then we can't fail. Because God is sovereign. Friends, what I want you to know is evangelism is God's work. It's God's boat. It's going to work. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody we witness to is just going to fall down and suddenly accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. But it means that we have the opportunity to share, and that sharing will not return void. When we share the word of God, it will not come back void. God can take our flimsiest attempts and still do amazing things with them. Nicky Gumbel in the Alpha Course tells this great story about how he's just become a Christian and he really wants to witness to somebody. And so he gets like 10 or 12 of these little books that, that he wants to share with, with anybody. And so he goes to a dance and he's got all these books like shoved in all these pockets and everything. He's kind of like weighed down by them. But he convinces some girl to go out and dance with him. And they're out on the dance floor and he starts talking about God. And she's like, this is kind of weird. But after a while, he draws her into this conversation and she starts asking him questions like, well, what about suffering? And he's like, you wouldn't believe I got a little book about suffering right here. And he pulls a book out about suffering. She's like, oh yeah, well, what about the resurrection? You wouldn't believe it. I've got a little book about the resurrection. He pulls out like eight or ten books, weighs her down. It's the most awkward sharing experience I've ever heard described. She kind of leaves the dance floor with all these books, you know. And, and, and yet, here's what happened. She later picked up one of those books, read it, was just overcome with how God loved her, became a Christian, and, and tragically, about a year later, she died in a horseback riding accident. But she was the most spirit-filled, different person in that time between when she became a Christian and when she went to be with the Lord. Now, that's not everybody's fate who becomes a Christian, but, uh, which you'll be glad to know, I'm sure. But... Uh, but but what a great story about ushering somebody into the presence of God, even though it was so awkward. Whose boat are we taking? Who's in charge of this evangelistic process? The answer is God. That's what Tom learned about in that video that he shared with us. God went before him and said, yeah, you really should just invite this guy who you're sure is going to mock you for it. No, nope, go for it. And he saw the fruit that came from that. I just want to say here, there's two main categories in Christianity that, uh, uh, that Christians take when we, we talk about personal responsibility and we talk about whose responsibility is it, whose boat are we in. The first is, is what we would call uh, the category of free will. It's free will and predestination. Free will is what we as Methodists were in this camp. This is the camp of, in a sense, of Arminianism that's based on Jacob Arminius who believed that when we experience God, we actually we have the freedom. We're actually free to respond to God um, as um, um, as free human beings. Like we're not forced to do that. 
the, the camp of uh, predestination is influenced by uh, Calvinism. This would be our Presbyterian brothers and sisters and others who are in Reformed churches. And here the emphasis is on the sovereignty of God. God's in control, and uh, God will get his work done uh, sort of despite us. Now, friends, I, I just want you to know I'm strongly in the free will camp. I think uh, free will is important to believe in because I don't know how you can have a real relationship without being able to freely have that relationship. If you're coerced or forced into a relationship, that doesn't seem like a real relationship to me. And God wants to have a real relationship to us. Um, and it means that each person has to take responsibility for uh, how they respond to the gospel. And it means that we do play an important part. We freely uh, engage in the process of sharing the gospel. But I also want you to know that I have good friends who are Presbyterians who say, Bill, there's another side of the coin. Don't forget. And I, I have experienced in my own life, we, we free will people can torture ourselves. Okay? It didn't work out. It's all on me. I, I somehow failed. I somehow didn't do it right. I somehow didn't have the right technique or method or something like that. I didn't share the best way. And there's where my Calvinistic friends say, Bill, do you believe in the sovereignty of God? Do you believe that God can do anything? It's, good. it's a good pushback. It's really, honestly, it's two sides of the same coin. And different faith uh, traditions within Christianity emphasize different parts of the coin. And, it, and that's a, it's good. It holds us in balance. What I'm trying to say to a bunch of Methodists this morning, okay, who probably err on the side of free will, don't panic. God's sovereign. Let our Calvinistic friends push back on us and say, God's got this. It's his boat. Now, just to explore a little bit, from the passage that we read this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If I was a certain politician, I'm going to get in so much trouble. I'd say 2 Corinthians, but anyway, I'm just going to leave that. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm not making any comments there, all right? Believe what you want. I just thought that was funny. Okay, all right. So I just want to look at these verses. So the, the first one, verse 5, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. I want you to know when we tell people about Jesus, we're telling them about Jesus. We're proclaiming. We're not talking about ourselves so much. I mean, we can often proclaim it in the way that says, this is what Christ has done in my life, or, or this is what I've seen Christ do in other people's lives. But it's really about who Jesus is. It's not about how together, or frankly, not together, we all have it, right? Because we're all pretty aware of how we don't have it together. And, you know, that often stops us from witnessing because who am I? I mean, I'm so messed up. How can I share? But we're sharing who God is, not who we are. It's not about how perfect or not we are. We're noting that he is the source of light. We're pointing them in the direction of the light. Sometimes people say, I'm afraid I won't know how to answer people's questions. Okay. Can you live with that? It's okay. You can say, um, I don't know. That's a really good question. And that's okay. 
I mean, you don't have to have the answers. I, I think about our kids that, that went to New York City. They didn't have all the answers. If somebody asked them a hard question, it didn't stop them from still proclaiming who Jesus is. All right? So, so you don't have to have the answers. Sometimes people are like, no, I, I need to study more. No, you don't. You can just tell people and let it fall where it does. And God will use it. He will use it. Point them to the light. That's huge. Secondly, if you look at verse 6, it says, For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. This is direct reference back to Genesis chapter 1, where out of nothing, God says, let there be light. And there's light. That out of complete nothingness and darkness, God can produce Light. God can bring forth hope in the middle of darkness. In our darkness, God has brought light. That's probably one of the most powerful things that you'll be able to share. In places in my life where there is darkness, God has brought light. And guess what? In the darkness of the person that you're talking to, God can bring light there. Even a person that you're saying, oh, they are so messed up even more opportunity for God's light to shine in their life and for God to get the glory. Look, if you order pizza, all right, I'm just going to use something that's familiar and also near and dear to my heart. If you order pizza, the pizza delivery person comes, right? And you all go, yay, pizza's here, all right? Everyone's happy. It's not, it's not about the delivery guy. It's about the pizza. And if you are the delivery person of the gospel, people probably aren't going to remember you so much. But when they experience the gospel, yes, they're going to experience that light in their darkness. I um, had a, a daughter who sold uh, Girl Scout cookies. And in, it was one of the most amazing, rare experiences of my life. We would walk up to people's houses and we'd, like, we'd have the Girl Scout cookies, and, <clears throat> and we'd be there, and people, you know, oh, we're bothering them, we're disturbing something. And they would open the door, you know, like, oh, and then they'd see the Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, thank you for coming to my house. Nobody does this anymore. I have to go to the mall and buy it from kids, you know. I, they, I can't believe you've arrived at my house with Girl Scout cookies. It wasn't about us. It was about the good news of the Girl Scout cookies. It's the same way when the gospel light shines in people's lives. It's not about us and our ability to explain things or whatever. It's about God just delivering hope into their lives. We're going to work on how you can actually talk about the life that came into your, the, the light that has come into your life. We're going to specifically talk about that next week. It's going to be really cool. Do not miss next week. It's so neat. And, and there's going to be a sort of a, 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 a couple weeks later a response to that. It's going to be really, really cool. So come next week. Finally, uh, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. This is such a powerful image. A powerful, a jar of clay that, that you know, typically gets 
broken and holes in it and chips and, and, and doesn't, doesn't hold water as well as it should. Clay jars can be dropped and smashed and then have to put that back together. And clay jars are just so vulnerable. And that's such a good image for who we are. We're just broken people. We really are. I feel like I say this a lot, but I feel like I need to say this. We're messed up. You are messed up. But you are saved in your messed upness. God has come into your life and and, and changes your life and gives you a a non-messed upness. He fixes you. He cleanses you and, and, and cleans you up. It's so beautiful. You don't have to be perfect. You show up as your broken jar, and God uses you. He uses you just the way you are with the holes and the chips and the the put-back-together glueedness that is your particular life. God can use us regardless of how messed up we are. I love the story of the the medieval um, guy who's trying to irrigate his fields and He's got these irrigation ditches, and he's carrying the water from the water source. He's got a couple jars, and he's got them on like a little yoke. And his jars are just, they're terrible. They've got all the holes and everything. And so he fills them up in the creek, and he goes as fast as he can to the irrigation ditch. And when he gets there, the jar is like half empty. But he pours it into the ditch, and it helps in the, he knows that this will really spread out, and it will help at least the plants around the ditch. But at the midsummer or so, he realizes, wait a minute, all the plants between the spring and the ditch are growing well too. Why is that? Because the water's leaking out of the jars all the way, the way, uh, the, the very jars that he hates because they only deliver half a jar of water into the ditch are the jars that are watering the rest of his plants through the brokenness. That's what God does in your life. Are you messed up? Good. God God can use that, that very stuff that you're ashamed of, that very stuff that you're sorry about, that very stuff that you kind of don't really want to share. That's the stuff that God can actually use because you find yourself suddenly talking with somebody who starts sharing stuff that's similar, and you're like, you know, it's okay, it's okay. Let me tell you why it's okay, because God still loves me. And I'm in a similar boat. It's just so cool how God does this. Friends, we have the treasure of the gospel in jars of clay. And it's a blessing that it comes that way. Well, we want to give you a practical tool this week. And I I, I just want to show you um, a couple pictures that are coming up here on the screen. Um, First of all... um, this is the cool. This is a faith sharing kit that uh, Charlie Hodges and uh, uh, several others have put together, because we have felt the urge to say, people need something to share. We're going to talk about sharing our story next week, but we have had people come to us and say, "Do you have anything I can bring to my, you know, friend or relative or whatever?" Because they really have some questions, and I don't know, you know, all the answers. And I'm just sort of wondering. Yes, the answer is yes. And today, we're, we're uh, bringing it out for you. We're thankful for this little kid. So it's an envelope. Uh, inside this envelope is a free gift that can change your life forever. And then in that envelope are, are four things. One is this uh, little um, card that says hello on the top. 
And um, this is kind of neat. I, I, I'll just read you at the very beginning. Most likely you've received this packet from someone who knows and cares very much for you. Inside you'll find three booklets that may just change your life forever in very positive ways. We firmly believe this information can help you find what we like to call the good life. And it goes on and explains uh, what these uh, booklets are. And so I'm just going to say them really briefly. The first is this uh, Why Jesus booklet. This is a booklet that um, we use on the Alpha Course. And it's just a great description uh, of the gospel and, and how gracious and loving God is towards us. And it answers quite a few questions. It's just a great opening tool to really help people explore, you know, Okay, I believe in God, but, you know, why Jesus? What, what is the deal with that? This has, this has a lot of really helpful, solid answers to that. Secondly, it's just a small little uh, packet. It looks uh, kind of big on the screen when it comes up. I hope it comes up. There it comes. Yeah. Knowing God personally. But it's just a small little packet here. And, and it's just a very helpful way to, to walk people through talking to God and starting a relationship with God. Simple tool. None of this is like, you know, brain surgery or anything. I mean, this is just simple stuff. It's something that we can deliver to a friend or a loved one who has questions and is searching. And then finally is a great little book. It's called The Life Book. This comes from the Gideons. And this is actually, yeah, Larry Nelson. He, all right. I'm pointing you out there, calling you out, brother. Um, the, the Life Book. And, and it's, it's actually designed for teens, but we're all teens at heart, aren't we? Teens, give me help. Thank you. All right. That, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a great, it's the gospel of John, and it's delivered in a really, really um, user-friendly uh, way with questions and, and comments kind of written in the, um, in the sides, and it's just so neat. So it gets people uh, a little bit of the Word of God, a very effective part of the Word of God, the gospel of John. This little um, packet is available. We've got about 200 of them right now. Um, and, and I'm just going to say this clearly. If you've been praying and you've got somebody who's really kind of coming to mind, I want you to go out there and I want you to grab one of those packets because God's working in that person's life. And, and I want you to have that. If you're like, you know what, I better take a packet because Pastor Bill will be kind of depressed if none of the packets are gone. <laughs> Don't take the packet. I, I, I take it because you're sensing that you've got someone to give to. Don't take it to sit on your desk at home and never be distributed. If, if you do take it because you know it's going to happen, that's great. That's great. There's like a little donation basket out there. You can put that in if you want it to support. That's great. Don't let that stop you if you have nothing in your pocket today and, and you want to just bring this. If you sense God working and you have a friend or someone that you're already talking to or someone that you really sense it's coming up, take one of these packets and just share it with them. Once again, this is not hard stuff. This is just life on life, real stuff. And it can change their life. Friends, why are you sitting here today? Because somebody shared with you how great God is. And it's been changing your life. And it, for some of you, it's changed your life maybe many years ago. And still changing you, drawing you closer and closer to God.
Let's pray together. Lord, just pray that as we, as a church, really focus on sharing our faith, that we'll remember that we're not going out in our boat. We're going out in your boat, God, and your boat doesn't sink. That you're, you're preparing people's hearts. That you're listening to our prayers and you're going to provide divine appointments for us to connect with people. And you're, you're going to provide an opportunity for us to serve these folks so that they know that we care. And Lord, you're going to provide an opportunity for us just to share some good news with them. Thank you that we have that opportunity. Remind us that you've got this. And I just pray that you will encourage every Christian here to know that you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And Lord, just pour into them courage and joy. Not that sharing our faith would be a duty, but sharing our faith would be so fun. It would be so great to see our friend who is in darkness have light shine into their lives. Oh God, may your light, which is shining in us now, be spread to the world. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.